1: Hello, Frisco friends. This is Rick Rogers, owner of the Frisco Enterprise and Star Local Media, and you're listening to Focus on Frisco, a podcast dedicated to all things Frisco, Texas, powered by the Star Local Media Podcast Network and recorded here in the beautiful Maker's Gym studio in downtown Frisco. With me today, as always, is our amazing co-host, Audrey Henvey. Hey, Audrey. How you doing? And we have a special guest in the studio and that's none other than Mayor Jeff Cheney. Mr. Mayor, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being here. And we talked a little bit before we hit the record button. We're going to try to cram all things that are going on in Frisco, Texas in 45 minutes. And it's going to be a tall task because there is no shortage of developments and happenings and news that's happening in our beautiful community. And But we're going to give it one heck of a shot, are we? That's right. All right, let's do this. Let's do it. All right. So it would be, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't start the conversation with talking about the outgoing city manager, George Purifoy. George is retiring at the end of June. We're recording this on June 16th. Um, As mayor, you know, how would you talk about the legacy, the impact that George has had in three plus decades as the city manager of one city, Frisco, Texas?
2: Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, he the, Frisco is the city that George built. Um, to think that he came here when Frisco was 5,000 people and now we're sitting over 225,000 people. And usually that growth requires a different city manager at every single stage, different skill sets, you know, different thoughts. Um, and I think that's the great skill that George has, which is he has been able to evolve as a city manager, um, adapt his skill sets as Frisco needed it. And so, That's why it's so rare you see a city manager um, stay in their position for that long, but especially a city that's changed as much as Frisco has. So real quick, funny story on George. So a lot of people don't know that the town he was city manager of before Frisco was Columbus, Texas, and that's where my wife grew up. Really? So George actually knew Dana as a child um, and was best friends with Dana's parents. Um, And so when he was leaving Columbus um, to come to Frisco – Columbus was then 5,500 people and Frisco was 4,500 people. I think Dana's dad was one of the ones that was trying to talk him out of it. You know, why would you make, you know, a move to a smaller city? You know, what what does Frisco have for you? And he just saw the vision. He knew what was going to be coming. And now her, 35 years later, Columbus is still 5,500 people. So he made a good move. That's, that's amazing. That's,
0: <laughs> that's a great story. That's the kind of behind
1: the scenes stuff that we want on this exactly. podcast. Exactly. Um, as mayor, I mean, how is there anything you can share of, of what what George is like in the room when 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 you're discussing projects, when you're you know discussing city managers? I mean, what type of leader is he?
2: You know, George has always built his leadership on a foundation of integrity, um, a foundation of trust. You know, his handshake is his bond, um, you know, and that is something that set a great example for council members. I mean, I consider him a mentor, certainly. You know, I think we all aspire to be more like George. But, you know, how he um, interacts with people is, you know, he rarely says anything. Um, and so he, he sits back and he listens first, which I think is hard for a lot of pe- leaders to do, is to listen first. The whole saying that, you know, you have two ears and one mouth, you know, and so use your two ears more than your mouth. Um, but when he gets ready to speak, you know, he has kind of this thing. We all know he's getting ready. He kind of sits up in his chair and he takes a deep breath and then the room gets quiet. And then we listen to what George has to say and his opinion, you know, resonates with us. And it's kind of funny as, you know, a young council member and certainly as mayor, you know, we'll have all of our discussions as council member. And then when George gets ready to speak, we're like, oh, my gosh, I hope I just got it right, you know. <laughs> and um, so and his his voice, you know, is spoken through a megaphone, even though he has that kind of quiet leadership style.
3: Aaron Cheney, I think, you know, we've been preparing our section to honor George. We've been talking to Dane Hunt and Jerry Jones and to people like the NTTA, um, all of these, you know, people who have helped make Frisco what it is, but George is at the center of that. And it's been so cool to see the list of people who are speaking to the legacy that George is leaving. Can you talk about, you know, what made George such a strong city manager over 30 plus years?
2: You know, you see names like that. I mean, we're blessed in Frisco to have the best of the best who want to invest hundreds, if not billions of dollars in our community. Um, you know, it's a who's who's list. And so part of the reason why they are willing to do that is they have to trust the city, you know, and the people behind the city um, with their investment. Um, and so that's why politics is important. You know, people come to Frisco because we're you know stable community, stable leadership. They know that they can you know, do their development for 10, 15, 20 years. And George is at the center of that because um, people trust him. And they know if they come to do business with Frisco, he's going to do it the right way. He's going to honor our commitments, and we're going to do what we told people we were going to do. And then they do the same. And there's almost this expectation, and every one of those developers will tell you that, oh, my gosh, if I'm doing a project in Frisco, I've got to up my game. you know. And these are the best people that do the best projects already, wow. but then they come here and they say that that this the bar has been set and there's this expectation level. Um, so, you know, I think trust is, is the biggest thing, but, you know, George is, I mean, he's a brilliant mind. I mean, he is a deal maker, you know, he can run things in his head. He's very creative. And so, you know, putting together these complex deals, you know, if you ask him, that's the thing that gives him the most juice, the most energy, he just loves it. Um, and he's a master at it and every deal has been crafted differently. Um, you know, and ultimately it's been a benefit, not just for, you know, our developers and our partners but also the citizens of frisco who's benefited and every deal we look for the win-win you know there's no such thing in frisco as a win-lose like well, we're trying to get you know the best in the bargain or our partners are trying to get the best in the bargain and they have that same mentality too and the pga was like the perfect example of that we're kind of all his skills that he's developed over 35 years he had to tap into every single one of them because there were so many partners in that deal um quite frankly so many egos in the deal. And, you know, it was all about, hey, we can't worry about who gets credit for this deal, you know, that, you know, we're all, you know, working together and it has to be a win for every single partner. And everyone gave a little bit and we got to the finish line. And I think truly George is the only person who could have navigated all that and gotten that deal to the finish line. Wow. That's amazing. I, you know, Mary Cheney. I've been blessed to live in Frisco
1: for 11 years. I've seen it go from, I think, 110,000 to over 210,000 in that time. I've been obviously more involved in the Frisco community over the last several months. One thing I've noticed in just a short time in these last few months is how humble George is. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's pretty rare considering the impact that he's had, but he is not one that
2: likes the spotlight, is he? He does not, you know, he doesn't even like to show up to the groundbreakings and the ribbon cuttings. And if we force him to, you're going to find him at the back of the room. <laughs> it's it, Yeah.
1: And that's, you know, again, I think goes to his a testament to his character. And um, just I think it's going to look we're going to look back at this time, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now and just realize the impact that he had on the city of Frisco. No question. Absolutely. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about that impact. And we're going to spend the next Oh, 10, 20, 30 minutes, and we're going to take an audio tour with the mayor around Frisco and talk about all the developments, all of the great things that are coming to the city that the residents can take advantage of that's going to continue to make Frisco a great place to live. And we're going to start right where we are in the rail district and downtown. And Audrey, I know that you had a story in last or in this past Sunday's edition on some of the developments planned for the rail district and downtown. What would we like to talk about in terms of what the residents can expect?
3: Well, I think, uh, first of all, thank you, Mary Cheney, for talking with us for that story about the downtown. I think you gave some great insight about what the vision of the downtown could truly be. I loved the fact that you mentioned, you know, this could be like the Star District. This is exactly what it could be. So can you talk about, you know, kind of that importance of having a downtown district that is so vibrant and does have that kind of attraction?
2: Yeah, the downtown for any community is the heart of the community, you know, it kind of sets the tone and it's the heartbeat And, you know, a story I love about the rail district. And so my oldest son, Zach, he's very inquisitive on urban planning and real estate and development and always asking me questions. And I kind of had that bright light moment, Um, you know, probably it was probably seven or eight years ago. And him and I were um, sitting in the hot tub. It was just the two of us. And he was just asking me questions about the city of Frisco. And one question that kind of knocked me over was, you know, he was like, Dad, um, everything in Frisco is so great. It's so amazing except for our downtown, our downtown is terrible. Why is that? And I didn't have a good answer for him. And how
1: old is is he?
2: He is now a freshman. He's going to be a sophomore in college, College. but this was, gosh, seven years ago. So he was probably 13 years old back then. Um, And that became a mission. It became one of my passions for my campaign for mayor is that, you know, I'm going to, you know, make my son proud one day. And the rail district is going to be someplace that he says, hey, you know, that, um, it's a great place to go. And so that was a frustration, I think, of council for many years is we really wanted it to happen. But, you know, sometimes government gets in the way if they try to force things too much. And so, you know, we would always take the position as the private sector has to lead this, um, the evolution. And, and that's what's happened. You know, you've seen that over the last five years. Businesses starting to invest in Frisco and it really started creating an energy already and a buzz. And you've got people like Donnie Churchman with NAC Development and other people putting pouring money in here and so there's buy-in. It's the building so, in right right now. Yeah, exactly. It's a big part of that. And so that became okay. Now Frisco, this is how we can help. You know. And so we did an economic deal with the building we're in now, where the Maker's Gym is, um, to do the parking garage. So we can start getting more velocity down here, and you know, continuing to make those kind of investments. And. Now we're going to kind of make that big push. You know, we learned this from our trip to Cary, North Carolina. You know, they're kind of, I would say, uh, a few years ahead of Frisco and their downtown revitalization. And the thing that we learned from that trip more than anything was when they invested in their infrastructure, then it really took off. And they had their version of Main Street that they paid attention to every detail. Um, They made it more walkable. Um, And then all of a sudden, the businesses started seeing this investment. They started reinvesting. And now they're going through this phase of building a park in the middle of their downtown. Um, And so that was under construction, and it's really going to take off. And so that's where we're at right now is we're about to go through and kind of do that same plan where we lay our infrastructure. Um, So we've got currently roughly $15 million to redo Elm Street, redo Main Street, um, make it all more walkable. Um, bring the sidewalks out further. um, And it's just going to create this whole new energy when you drive down Main Street where you're going to see patios kind of spilling out on there. It's going to be easier to cross back and forth. But the big thing is going to be, you know, the uh, plaza that gets built. That's what's really going to take the rail district to that next level. So closing 4th Street, making that a permanent park, um, permanent stage um, is going to create, you know, just this vibrancy and kind of the heart of the rail district. And, you know, as I mentioned for the story, You know, there will be a time very soon when people just know they want this experience that uh, people will say, let's go to the rail district and then we'll figure out where we're going to go to dinner or go listen to some live music or, you know, whatever kind of entertainment is happening. And so really excited about what's happening um, down here. And I think we're going to see some big results. Yeah, the district will become a true destination. Absolutely. Figure out where they
1: want to go after that.
3: I wanted to jump on that. You mentioned this wow moment of seeing those renderings for the stage area, I think, specifically. Can you talk about, you know, what, what council was able to see and where do we go forward from here on moving towards that vision?
2: You know, of course, our consultants showed us the pretty pictures, which is more than the budget we currently have. They're really good at that. <laughs> yeah, that's so strange, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but it it really cast a vision. And, you know, I mean, there's there's ways that we could cut corners, you know, save a few dollars. You know, we could you know, not do main street quite right, where you still have to have the ramps, you know, and so forth. And, you know, I I applaud council with taking the mentality of, you know, you get, you get one shot to do it right. Um, you know, we got to look at this as far as a, you know, 30, 40, 50 year decision and not just try to shortchange it just to, you know, get it done or save a few bucks. And so, you know, I think that's what our engineers are looking as far as how can we do it all in one fail swoop. Um, but, um, yeah, seeing the, the renderings of the plaza and the stage, you know, you just picture what we want it to become, you know, where you can come down here and, you know, you just know there's going to be live music out there on a Thursday through Saturday night, you know, and when you're ready for that, then you uh, you come down here. You know, one thing I always like to say, a line I use is we're being very intentional about creating different experiences in Frisco. Um, and so the line I like to use is, you know, my wife can wear high heels on Friday night and flip flops on Saturday night. I mean, we've kind of got it for something for everyone. And that's been a very intentional you know, programming that we're doing. I like that. High heels and <laughs> flip flops. Awesome. awesome. Although if she was in the room, she says she hates wearing high heels. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay.
1: Let's go ahead and hit the tollway and go north. And then we're going to take, we're going to go west on PGA Parkway. And we're going to talk about PGA Frisco. And, You mentioned a little bit, obviously, in talking about George in terms of how how that deal was put together. And there were a lot of pieces to make it happen, but it's happening and it's it's near built. It's going to open in spring of 2023. You have had the chance to play the course. Uh So first, I'm. I love golf. I know you do, too. Uh, so I'm gonna we're going to geek out here for a little bit, Audrey. Sorry. Uh, but just, um, you know, what was your first impression of
2: playing the course? And which course did you play? I both? Actually, I got to play both. Right. Yeah, I got oh. to play both. And so, you know, it definitely lived up to the hype. And, you know, they actually invited um, members from the top 17 courses in the United States to show it off to them. And then they polled them kind of at the end. And the results that they got back is that when this course opens when this facility opens it will be known overall as the number one golf complex in the world and that both golf courses will be considered top five courses Um, and in frisco texas right here in frisco texas unbelievable um you know they say that when the 2027 pga championship is played here pga frisco will become one of the most recognized golf courses in the world um, and that's pretty incredible. So it's gonna be a destination. The Omni's already talking about these pre bookings that they have off the charts. Um and so really, really exciting. Um the course, the East Course is the championship course, and it is hard. <laughs> <laughs> Do you wanna say what did you keep score? <laughs> Um, You know, we almost ended up going, we kind of went to a modified scramble at one point, Okay, our foursome. (laughs) Um, You know, it is, it challenges even the best golfers, but it is a made for TV golf course. I mean, every single hole we were stopping and taking a picture, like, I cannot believe how beautiful it is. And then we go to the next hole and it'd be just as beautiful. And so there's these three metal bridges on the course and I believe I heard the cost is something like 3 to $4 million for the three bridges. And they're just these architectural, iconic elements of the course. But they were actually put into the design of the holes. And so I remember specifically you go play hole number eight, which is a par three. And this metal bridge is framing up the backdrop of the green that you're shooting for. Um, and it's just spectacular. And then you go around to nine and you're hitting parallel along the bridge, kind of going alongside of it. Um, And then hole 13 is going to be the postcard hole. It's going to be one of the most famous holes. And it's um, a long par three surrounded by woods um, that sits on this elevated green, just beautiful. And then it drops off to the creek, you know, like a 50-foot drop to your left. And then it's surrounded by a single – it looks like four bunkers behind the green, but it's actually one contiguous bunker that just kind of wraps all around it. That's not good for my game. (laughs)
1: That is not good for my game.
2: Um, I've been joking with everyone. I've got – Five years to birdie that hole so that when the uh, 27 championship is here, I can be insufferable with my friends, letting them know that I've birdied that (laughs) hole. (laughs) But the surprise, I kept hearing how good the West course was. You know, that was, you know, the East course gets all the headlines, but then everyone, there was this buzz about the West course. So I got to take my son out there. And then after we played the East, I dropped him off. He had to get ready for prom. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go play a couple holes on the west course, maybe drive it and just go check it out. Well, I was the only person out there. So I played the whole thing um, in like an hour and 45 minutes. And I actually like the west course better. Really, That's where the original homestead is. And so there's this huge hilltop in the middle of it. And, you know, how um, Bo Welling designed that, and I'd heard this before, is he designed it around that hilltop. So there's probably five or six holes that directly interact with it where you're actually sh- either shooting down the hill, and it's like a 50-foot drop from T to green, or you're coming back up the hill to a blind green, or you're kind of going around it. I mean, just spectacular. And then the back nine, you're going through the wetlands area. So they p- actually enhanced all the wetlands on the course, the original creek area, um, and reinvested in that. And so you're seeing cranes fly through the hole. And you know, at one point I texted wow. my wife, and I was like, I feel like I'm the only human being on earth no house obviously there's no homes no homes I mean, no roads when you're on the course you're just basically enclosed in nature and i mean it was it was like a spiritual moment being out there
3: what an experience
2: we could uh, do a whole podcast on this <laughs> right? but, but, but we won't we won't but we totally could
1: um outside of golf if One thing I think Frisco residents and and anyone listening to this podcast should know is you don't have to play golf to enjoy what will be on the PGA Frisco grounds. This is also going to be another
2: public, you know, cultural center for the city, is it not? Absolutely. I mean, that's my favorite part of the project is people who never pick up a golf club are going to love this project. Just there's 13 restaurants on site between the Omni, the retail district Um, the big screen TV is going up right now, um, where they're going to have movie nights and, you know, you can go out there and, you know, on Sunday and watch the PGA championship with a watching party and, you know, there's ice cream and coffee shops and, um, they have what's called the dance floor, which stole the idea from the star, you know, how they have that miniature football field. Yeah. Uh,
1: That's how that came about. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's (laughs) just, you know, recreated that. And so their version instead of a football field is a putting green. This putting green is two acres, which is the size of a major league baseball field, to put it in scale. But it's kind of longer than it, than it is wide, so you stand on one end of it. You literally cannot see the other end of it. Um, and that is very intentional. So the sport of golf and part of how we attracted them to Frisco was actually selling them on this vision because at the time, golf was kind of a dying sport or is a declining sport. And their perception was it's an old, rich, white man's game. And so this whole project has been about making the sport of golf look like more like the world, Um, making it accessible. Um, And so that's why it being very much a public course that you're not driving in through lock gates to be able to see it, that it's we're very much turning it out to the public. You can see it from the road. You can see it from the public trail. It's inviting people in rather than than excluding people. And then their vision for the sport of golf is to just get people to start playing. And so it starts with they tell the story of a mom and a daughter going there for ice cream, and then they go. They just pick up a putter for the first time, and then they decide, hey, we're gonna play on this uh, dance floor and just have a good time. And then at some point, they may move out to the little par three. So the par three, you can actually play with a putter if you want. You know, it's designed for wet. You know, short game, each holes like between sixty and ninety yards, but someone can go out there with a the putter and still play. Um, and so, kind of gets you to that kind of next level, where at some point you may be ready to move up to the real course. And so that is the whole kind of vision of kind of building the sport of golf. And, um, you know, out there, how the course is designed, it's kind of like a bowl where, you know, the holes are kind of down in the floodplain and then there's a rim around it where the commercial district sits. Okay. And so all the patios, the public trail kind of sits up on the top of this bowl. And so when you get out there and you're just enjoying dinner with your family or you're at the clubhouse, you know, You can see across the entire course. I mean, it is absolutely spectacular um, views. And so, you know, it it gives me chills a little bit. You know, when we announced the deal in December of 2018, it was like, oh, my gosh, we got to wait over four years for this to come to life. And now that we're, you know, less than nine months away, I just can't wait to cut that ribbon and unveil this thing
3: we even have our first championship coming to the site here gearing up for that and, you know you talk a lot about the ripple effect and what that's going to look like and we're about to see the fruits of that you know what's that economic impact that we're going to start seeing here as we as we really gear up to make this happen
2: you know we announced numbers there we always undersell that you know i mean you look back at the star just the halo effect that that's had you know you've got Craig Hall across the street, who's ripping down buildings that are 12 years old, ripping down parking garages and putting up taller buildings and making investments because, you know, of that asset that was put there. This has done the same thing. I mean, it's going to make that part of our city develop 15 years faster than it otherwise would and develop completely different. You know, everything that's adjacent to it, they threw their original plans in the trash. I mean, the Wilkes development that, you know, was at planning and zoning this Tuesday, you know, their plans three years ago were very uninspiring. You know, but now they realize we have PGA Drive, you know, or PGA Parkway going through our development. And so it's changed those into billion-dollar developments. And then the tourism piece. I mean, you know, all these tournaments bringing people here. You know, we're hosting 23 tournaments in the first 15 years. A future Ryder Cup, um, you know, brings just millions and millions of dollars of economic impact. You know, when they host a tournament like the PGA Championship, in the four days that that tournament is, our merchandise tent usually sells twenty-five million dollars worth of merchandise. People coming from all over the world to buy it, and it will all say PGA Frisco on that merchandise. You know, and our brand will go out, you know, throughout the United States and the world and other countries. You know, be on certainly television and so forth. And you know, you can't put a number on that. You know, it's going to take Frisco. I mean, the star turned Frisco into certainly a national. Very much so. Namesake, the PGA and the tournaments will turn us into an internationally known name and community. So fields, fields, the fields development is a big part of that. Fields West, you know, can you talk a little bit about what people can expect with those two kind of ripple effect items? Yeah, that was the largest zoning case we've ever done as a community. I think one of the largest in the state with that many kind of pieces and parts to it. 2,500 acres kind of bookmarked by the PGA asset on one side and the University of North Texas on the other So it was designed in nine different villages to kind of take advantage of those different from residential, which, you know, the preserve, which will be a gated community right on the course, will be probably the most expensive address in all of DFW. Um, Wow. Yeah. And then the ones that are being built right now will be right behind it. Um, So a lot of rooftops that are going to be delivered in that area. Um, Femi Carahan, who did Legacy West, um, he is a partner with um, Hunt Real Estate in this deal, and he's kind of the mastermind designing it. And he is very proud, as he should be, of Legacy West. In fact, we got tired of him stealing corporate relocations from Frisco. <laughs> <laughs> We've become good friends now. Like, you know, we recruited him to to be our quarterback now. Um, and, um, you know, he learned a lot, though, from Legacy West. And so he's building his bigger, better version. You know, so, you know, he would say that if he had to do Legacy West again, he'd, he'd do some more open space in it, um, that there isn't open space. And so the the main right road, I think it's Winrose Avenue, that goes through Legacy West is uh, 2,200 feet in length. And so the one that he's developing for Fields West is 2,500 feet in length, and it actually will terminate on a park and a plaza and an amphitheater and this Chain the Lakes concept to kind of solve what he thinks he's missing from Legacy West – Um, That's where the Ritz-Carlton has announced it's going to go. And so, you know, when that's all said and done, we you know, we expect it to be, you know, the bigger, better version of what he did in Legacy West. So we're real excited about that.
0: Great.
3: You mentioned UNT. And I know on a carry trip, we visited Research Triangle Park and we talked about, you know, what was the drive behind visiting that area? And we talked about, you know, now that we have this Tier 1 university coming to Frisco, you know, there's a real chance here to kind of leverage that for business opportunities. Can you talk to us about what that's going to look like?
2: yeah that was a major win um and it's almost impossible to get a university like that in your community because of politics and you've got to get you know other universities to sign off on it and just how that deal came together um They've been an incredible partner um you know there was a you know a lot of hard work, a little bit of luck with the land site that we found you know as far as how that that was put together because what happens is universities don't want to pay for land, and land in Frisco is very expensive and so Quick story on that is when we acquired the 350 acres from Baxter Brinkman for that Mm -hmm. property, it was initially for park space. Well, the area along Preston Road has a lot of elevation change to it, um, which is not valuable for parks, right? It's too expensive to develop and design um, to do the grade changes. And so we didn't know what we were going to do with that piece. But then it flattens out, which is perfect for sports fields. Well, when UNT came on board or was interested – that was perfect for them. Universities love to build into elevation, you know, it creates architectural interest. You know, they want to step up and down, they don't want flat land. So it was very valuable to them, not valuable to us. So it became just this perfect, you know, intersection of that to be able to say, yes, we can donate this land to you. And then the parks then become intramural fields. You do shared parking arrangements. It was just this perfect marriage. Well, part of that was the big strategic vision of, you know, to get. You know, Fortune 500 type companies like we're trying to get here. You know, you have to have that kind of institution in your community. We learned that from Cary. We've learned it from anywhere. That is just a critical asset to it. So that changed the game in Frisco. I mean, it's already changed the game as our ability to recruit these, these types of companies. And that's why you know, just here in the last couple of years, you know, we're now on our second Fortune 500 brand to just you know to call Frisco home. And those two won't be the last, certainly. Um, you know, they want it to, you know, basically for, you know, research and development, obviously, um, for their workforce, you know, as far as access to talent. And so, um, you know, that was certainly a game changer for Frisco.
1: So let's, uh, take a little bit, let's get back in the car, in the audio car and, (laughs) and, and, uh, head south a little bit and talk about the urban legend that is truly coming (laughs) to life,
2: which is Grand Park. Grand Park. Um, you know, it's funny. Part Of what got me to run for city council in 2007 is I read, um, may have even been in the enterprise, uh, probably was um, an article about the dream of Grand Park. And this was like in 2006. I was like, I want to work on that project. And that's ultimately what motivated me to run for city council. And now here we are 15 years later, and you still cannot get on the property. Very frustrating for me. Um, and so, you know, the big hang up has been obviously side and the cleanup, and, you know, that has been over 10 years struggle, you know, going through multiple bankruptcies. You know, we finally got control of it. We finally got through TCEQ, um, who's the organization that runs these kind of environmental cleanups for the state of Texas. Um, And we're literally days away from finally getting our permit, you know, to start that cleanup. Um, Realistically, the cleanup of their old site and the creek is probably a five year process. Um, but this is a park. It's so big, um, over 1,000 acres in total. You know, and to put that in perspective, Central Park in New York is 800 acres. Um, and it will be built in phases You know, over generations. But we don't want to wait five years to get started. I mean, there's part of the park that certainly is not impacted by the cleanup. So we're starting to kind of work through that phase one. Um, but what we've decided is we've owned this property for so long, it's time for people to, allowed to, to start just getting on it, sure. just start seeing it, understand the scope of the scale. And so we're having a program we call Play Primitively, which is you know just to kind of temporarily mow some trails out there, do a temporary parking lot. And there'll be you know kind of a walking and running loop that's a little over three miles in length um, that's put out there. So people can start seeing it and start using it. Um, I think
1: you made a comment during the town hall that it's kind of your goal to be able to do your Thanksgiving run yes. on those trails. Are that you going to join
2: me? Um,
1: <laughs> sure. Is that a commitment? <laughs> it's Maybe. on the record. Audrey wants me to run in the 5K for the 4th of July. We are planning on the <laughs> I firecracker know, run. I, know. I, gotta, <laughs> I need to start training now. Um, but I think that, that yep. was your, that's your goal, is it not? It yeah. is. And they're,
2: they're going to deliver.
1: So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's great. And I know that green space as Frisco continues to grow, the importance of making sure that there's green spaces for quality of life for parks, it seems to be a priority for the council and for city leadership, is it not?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's certainly a passion of mine. I think if you had a council bingo card, um, you know, anytime I said the word open space, it would be bingo. Because um, I probably say it every meeting. There's um, a good idea. <laughs> no, there's a promotion. We can, you know what,
1: let's, hey, let's write that down. Write that down. Got it. I got it.
2: Um, you know, one of the things that I'm most proud of, um, you know, as mayor is kind of day one, you know, I had this vision of requiring commercial properties to have open space. And so back in 2017, um, it was the first ordinance of its kind in the country. Never been done. Um, but we council put in place that every commercial property had to have a minimum of 10% open space and it had to be aggregated in minimum sizes to create really parks in every development. And back when we did our park master plan, I was a, um, a council member. This was probably gosh, 2015, 2016. I actually told the consultant that I want you to consider our commercial property as part of our park system. And they just like their head exploded. They're like, "What? That, we don't know what that means. Why would we do that? And I was like, because that's how we think here in Frisco. We do consider that part of our park system. And so they went and they did this whole report. And then a year later, they gave it to us and it didn't have it in there. And basically, I was like, I'm not adopting this until you go back and put it in there. And so they did. Fast forward to post-COVID world is now you're dead on arrival if you don't have that. And so, you know, we weren't necessarily thinking COVID. We didn't know that was coming. We just knew that we wanted to commit to open space, not in the community, but in our commercial properties. And you're starting to see those come out of the ground. Hall Park now doing a $30 million park. That's the size of Clyde Warren. Even our retail corners, you know, kind of one of the first ones that came out of the ground was at El Dorado and Legacy where the Chipotle is. Um, And, you know, the developers at first were kind of kicking and screaming because they were like, well, this is not how we do it. You know, they like to pull the same plans off the shelf just rinse and repeat. And, you know, a hundred percent of them have later come back and said, thank you for making us think different because we get higher rents. We are tenants are more successful and we love the projects. And this is how we're now going to do our future projects um, going forward. And that one little site there, um, I think it's the number one performing Chipotle in the country. I've heard, I mean, they're just off the charts. He's building the future phases and it's just, you know, kind of beautiful, beautiful. But besides that, it's also our parks. So, um, Northwest Community Park and Frisco on the Green are some of our most aspirational parks we've ever done as a city. Um, I encourage people to go look at the plans of what's about to come out of yeah, the ground. No, they're they're amazing. And, you know, there's, again, things are kind of changing in a post-COVID world where people value trail systems more, kind of being in nature. Um, and so that's kind of how we're thinking about our future park spaces um, beyond just kind of sports fields needs and those kinds of things is really creating these experiences and I mean, uh, Northwest Park could be, I think, roughly 120 acres. It's um, approaching a $30 million commitment where it's going to have bike trails. It's really going to be committed to cycling, you know, little um, jump tracks. You won't find me on no, those. I, saying, yeah. no, <laughs> no. I will go on the off-road, you know, mountain bike quite a bit. So those trails are going to be extended. There's some, the Dorber Trail's already out there, but that's going to be ex- expanded and enhanced. It's going to have an amphitheater. It's going to have a nature center where classrooms can happen and schools can use it and, um a dog park, an event lawn, you know, to be able to do different events and, you know, programming of these parks is really a key component, you know, that we're we're kind of pushing all in and it's not just building the parts, but it's you need parks. to get people to use them, right? Yeah. And make them unique. Absolutely. And so we're gonna start kind of doing different events around the city. It's not gonna all just be in front of City Hall and Simpson Plaza, right? That you know, that we may have, you know, the music nights and Northwest Community Park, or do events there, and you know we we want people to kind of use different parts of the city. You know, you may live in Northeast Frisco, but be willing to drive if you've programmed it right to the Northwest Community Park to see what's happening there. So, um, the whole part of our city, that whole part of our city, was designed with the trail network in mind first, and so okay. there are. I know just in fields, there's 25 miles of connected trails where you do not have to cross at grade. What that means is you don't have to use a crosswalk sign. You know that the trail either goes underneath the road. Um, and so the whole part of the city is connected via that trail network. You can get from our very, let's see, northwest part of our city. You could live in Hollyhock, get yeah. on a bike, and ride all the way to the University of North Texas without crossing a street. It's unbelievable.
0: Hmm.
2: Um, And so that's what our part of that city is going to be known for. It's going to be known for high walkability, um, people who like to be active, you know, that, hey, on a Sunday morning for brunch, rather than get in my car, let's hop on the bike as a family and and go to Fields East or the Link and, you know, or Firefly and, and, you know, have our brunch there. And um, just going to be really, really extraordinary.
1: How... One thing I've noticed living here for more than a decade is how much community input the city seeks on projects. You know, for example, with Northwest Community Park, with Frisco on the Green, you know, you asked the community to come and take a look at the drawings and ask questions and get their feedback. And, you know, is that something that as a council member during that time and now as mayor that that you're proud of is that you, you definitely do not shy away from asking for citizen input?
2: Yeah, at the end of the day, that's our job is, you know, our our organizational chart here in the city of Frisco is the citizens of Frisco are at the top, you know, and then followed by mayor and council. And so, you know, we have to listen to deliver not necessarily what we think people want, but what we hear that they want. And so we do lots of surveys. We collect a ton of data. Um, one of my favorite things as a council member, and I still do this, is I loved asking people, what do you leave Frisco for? And the answer has changed over the years, you know, that – You know, at one point it was, well, I have to go to Plano for my bulk goods because, you know, there's a Sam's Club there and there's nothing in Frisco. Okay, well, we went and got Costco to solve that. It's, you know, there's no great restaurants with patios. You know, if you want to look at a parking lot or anything but a parking lot, you have Gloria's, but you don't have anything else. You know, and so going back and kind of trying to fix those things. Um, Now we actually use cell phone data. It's a little scary, but we use a company that solves that question for us. I think I've done an article on before. Um, which is, you know, they tell us where people in Frisco. We, so based on your cell phone data. Now, it doesn't say where you like to go specifically, but it's aggregated data. And it was interesting. The top places people were leaving Frisco for was, you know, to go to historic downtown districts, to go listen to live music, um, to go to brew pubs. Um, and so that's check, part of, check, check. I know, no, no. that's why we're kind of making those investments and solving <laughs> yeah. those questions. But the same thing kind of happened with our parks. People were like, we want more trails. We want more natural spaces. Um, and so if you're not continuously asking those questions, you know, then you're not delivering what people want.
3: I think the, the vibe in the room kind of changed when we got the announcement that Grand Park was was so close to opening. I think everyone perked up in that room <laughs> on the fourth floor at the city hall. You know what, how soon? Can we look forward to being there?
2: Um, for Grand Park? Yes. Um, well, I mean, I think that they committed to, by Thanksgiving, people start being able to kind of use that first trail. And then, you know, later this year, I think we really want to look for, um, you know, a phase one that we can really start. That's part of kind of why I wanted to do this trail as well is because once people start using it, then it's going to be easier to just start. You know, it's it's hard to kind of eat the elephant sometimes when you think of a thousand acres. I mean, it's overwhelming. And you're like, well, we don't want to put something in that then restricts a future use that we don't necessarily know about. And then you get into this downward spiral of just never starting. So it's like, OK, let's just start. Let's just we've got 20 million dollars roughly in bond money um, currently from an old bond election. And let's figure out a phase one and start delivering that. And then we'll work on a phase two um, and continue to do that. Mayor Cheney, you know, when we moved to
1: Frisco in 2011, we had two children in elementary school. And the reason why we chose Frisco is because of the school district. We moved at the time from a small community in southwest Missouri called Neosho, Missouri, town of 12,000. And one of the things that we noticed right away is at the time, even then, how how diverse Frisco was. And now fast forward to 2022, that diversity has even grown even more. So as the mayor of the city and as, you know, obviously someone, you know, very invested in making sure Frisco is always um, a destination place to live, talk about how the city handles that diversity um, to make sure there is inclusion. And I know that there's the Frisco Clu- Inclusion Committee that is very uh, passionate about that. But just what are your thoughts on on the diversity of Frisco and, and the value of that?
2: Yeah, that's something I'm really proud of as far as how we've embraced that as a community. Um, you know, our mission is that you know, here in Frisco, pretty much everyone is fr- from somewhere else, me included. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, our line is once you get here and you call Frisco home, we want you to feel safe and we want you to feel welcomed. Um, you know, regardless of demographics, regardless of, you know, socioeconomic status, regardless of political beliefs, you know, whatever the case is, once you call Frisco home, that you feel welcome, you feel safe. Um, and so that's been a mission of mine, certainly. I'm very proud of the inclusion committee and the work that they're doing. You know, one big part of that is the tone that you set from the top. And so, you know, we had to strategically make a decision, you know, as a council, because you can always be worried about what can go wrong, right? As far as celebrating different cultures and, um, you know, how far do you go and, you know, are some controversial. And so a lot of cities just choose to say, well, we're just not going to do anything. Any of those things. We're just going to play it safe. You know, we're not going to celebrate, you know, Christmas. We're not going to celebrate Hanukkah, you know. And at the end of the day, we made the decision saying, no, that's not who we are going to be. We're going to be absolutely very intentional of we're going to say Merry Christmas and be proud of it. And we're going to I enjoyed lighting the uh, menorah. Uh, for Hanukkah, you know, they bring out a blowtorch every single year. It's one of my favorite events to attend. Um, you know, that we, um, you know, celebrate holy with the community, you know, where we get to, uh, pa- you know, pelt other council members with um, with dye. And, I went know. to that. I did not escape. I tried so hard to escape the color. I came back a mess. Yeah. Um, you know, and so um, when people see their leaders kind of embracing, you know, their cultures, Um, you know, I think it it goes a long way. I mean, we still have work to do. I think the next evolution that we're trying to get to is where people are, there's a curiosity for people that, you know, you know, I'm doing these things, you know, certainly because I'm the mayor, but we want to get other people to say, you know what? I want to know my neighbor. Mm -hmm. I want to go try the Indian restaurant. You know, I want to learn the culture. I want to, you know, when there are, you know, Christmas lights on their home and it's not Christmas. I don't understand why, what are they celebrating? Um, And so that's kind of where we're trying to be aspirational is to start getting residents in our community to start doing that and saying, I want to, you know, if there's a new mosque or temple built up, you know, near my community, why don't I go to the open house and just learn more about it? Um, And so, um, you know, a lot of work being done towards that so
1: audrey let's book let's bookend this conversation with with the mayor and we started with talking with George Pierfoy and who's retiring at the end of the month and we actually have a, a new city manager that's been announced Audrey haven't we?
3: We do we have a we had a pretty big announcement that came here recently, and I know Wes Pearson from town of Addison's going to be joining us and picking up the torch from quite the legacy that's going to be left behind. I know there was a very intentional process behind selecting Wes. Can you talk to us about what that was like?
2: Absolutely, and so you know you're going to have another redhead as part of the leadership team with Wes. Um, watch out, watch out. Yeah, Council had their jokes already ready when we first saw his his headshot. I was like, oh my gosh! It almost he almost cost him the job. I think there was too many jokes. Like, we can't have <laughs> two, we can't have two redheads out here. But um, you know, Council, I I feel did a great job with this process in that um, as you mentioned, we were very intentional about it, and we were going to trust the process, and so. You know, we started last October, um, hired a consultant, you know, to put together the pitch deck for it. You know, the first thing the consultant told us is if you're not serious about considering external candidates, I cannot get you any strong resumes Um, because, you know you saw it. It became very much a public process. When we got to the final four, their names were announced. It was very in the much. newspaper. They've got jobs they're coming from. They've got to answer their counsel and their people. Why are you wanting another job? All those, there's a lot of political capital that you spend if you want to be a finalist for a job like this. And if y'all aren't serious, you're not going to have any good resumes. So like, no, we're serious. We're going to, we trust, you know, we owe that to the citizens of Frisco and to hire, you know, the best person from across the country. And if an internal candidate rises to that, they know that they earned the job. And we had some extraordinary internal candidates. Um, but we, um, we got it to a final 10, um, you know, candidates, you know, that we reviewed as a council with the goal of getting it to a final five that we would announce in the interview. We ultimately settled on four. You know, there were four that we thought, okay, they truly could potentially win the job, you know, by, based on how they interviewed. And then we brought the four in, um, spent a day with them, giving them, them all a tour of Frisco, Um, kind of getting to know them on an individual basis. Um, you know, we did a kind of a first round of interviews with city council. They then interviewed with our directors. We very much made our directors part of this process. They interviewed with George. Um, and then we had a community partner night where we invited kind of hundreds of key stakeholders here in the city of Frisco to, you know, interact with them, ask questions, kind of give their feedback. And then we came back on Friday and then we did kind of the whole day interviews where, you know, each candidate had to do a 15 minute presentation of what their first 100 days looked like. Um, and then we, you know, peppered them with questions for a good hour and a half each, um, kind of went through the end of that process. And, you know, you know, we got through the day on Friday. Um, we had some informal discussion and it was, you know, quickly a unanimous feeling that. Wes was the right hire. I mean, this was not a four to three vote or five to two or even a six to one. This was a seven to zero almost immediately wow. um, that he was the next city manager. But, you know, we were tired, right? And it has been a long week. And so I was like, we're not making a decision, t- you know, today. Um, we'll check all the references. Let's come back at a council meeting next Tuesday and regroup. And so we did that. I let everyone kind of live with the decision in their minds over the weekend, came back on Tuesday, discussed it again. The answer was still the same. Mm. Um, And so we're really, really excited to introduce Wes um, to the community. Um, He immediately connects with people. I mean, just after two days, i you know, I'm like, this feels like one of my best friends. He feels like I've known this guy for 20 years. And that's kind of what his references always said about him as he's, you know, they're gonna. People are gonna see a lot of George-like qualities in him. That he, you know, focuses on, you know, foundation of trust, foundation of integrity. He is very much a visionary thinker. You know, he was thinking really big for the community. He challenged us on some things in the interview process. Actually, made us think about some things that we hadn't thought of before. Um, and um, you know, we think he's gonna hit the ground running. You know, the town of Addison, their council members and their, um, they've been reaching out and certainly supportive. You know, they. They're half upset, you know, saying, I can't believe you stole our person. We love so, him so much. So I went to a chamber event in
1: Addison. Okay. And when I said, you know, I live in Frisco, yeah, I got the same response. Hey, you stole our guy.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Which is good. You would hope it to be, <laughs> exactly. you, you wouldn't want it to be the other side. Like, oh, good riddance. So Very you know, true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they also knew what they had, that Wes was a star and that he wasn't going to be in Addison long. So if it wasn't Frisco that picked him it was going to be someone else really, really soon. And so they they were certainly happy for his career growth. And, you know, you look at his background, his resume. Um, I mean, he has had a meteoric rise in the profession. And, you know, it only takes kind of being around him for 15 minutes. I think y'all are going to see it, you know, kind of when you have that first opportunity to see him um, to understand why. Well, we need to get him on the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, learn more about him. So,
1: in the last few minutes, we're actually going to have some fun okay. and, learn, and learn more about <laughs> you, the mayor. Oh, gosh. So 10 questions with Mayor Jeff Cheney. This is going to be painless. No, I pressure. no pressure. And we're going to answer them, too. Okay. So to be fair, okay. how does that
2: work? All right. Here we go. What do you do for fun? Um, golf. um, Yoga. Um, yoga yeah I actually own a yoga studio I knew yeah but you but know but, oh, wow, I, yeah okay. I love it you know never thought I would it was, that is a whole separate funny story so and then you know obviously with three kids um, very busy with their their activities and spending spending time with them yeah golf not yoga but but <laughs>
1: golf is my escape for sure
3: let's see Um, I think my my time to chill out is Monday nights I'm a violist in the Flower Mound Symphony so those are our oh. rehearsal nights and we have our concerts coming up and that's I've been playing violas in sixth grade. So uh, that's kind of how I tap into just turning things off for a little while. Oh.
1: What's currently in your music playlist, whether it's
2: Spotify, Apple Gosh. Music? You know, I'm going to get myself in trouble. Um, Angelia Pellum, my birthday party this year was a hip hop theme. You know, I'm a child of the 80s, right? Think, and yeah. so I still. You know, I have a wide mix of music. Sometimes I'm going back to my old school hip hop. Um, sometimes it's going, you know, back to country. You know, I'm starting to acquire a taste for country. Go back to my 80s hair band. I'm all over the place. It's kind of my mood of the day. I we're think. a
1: lot alike. I think actually we're, well, I think we're probably the same age. Yeah. I'm 40, 47. So, yeah.
2: yeah. The whole joke of the Super Bowl this year, like, you know, if you like the acts, you know, it's time for your, <laughs> you know, see that, your doctor or whatever.
1: I was that guy. For sure. For sure. Um. Uh, yeah, same, I'm I mean we're really we're exactly alike.
3: Oh man. Okay. Uh well I grew up on classic rock. That's that's my uh that was my education. But lots of indie music, uh hippocampus um is my big one. But I do love going back and listening to the Rolling Stones. I was actually listening to Blondie on the way here. So anything and everything.
1: Go to a movie that you've seen, you know, probably tens, hundreds of times, but when it's on, you just can't but watch it. Um
2: happy go more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Mind's back to... The, I, hey, listen. Not, don't be ashamed at all. And by the way, the new Adam Sandler movie, Hustle, on Netflix, very good. Is it good? Highly recommend. Worth it? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Mine's Back to the Future. Mm. I always want to be Marty McFly.
3: I'm obsessed with Knives Out. I can't stop watching it. It's the oh. best dark comedy I've seen in a while.
1: Okay. Learning a little bit about okay. Audrey. All right. <laughs> <Nice>. Knives Out. <laughs> Hide the knives in the office <laughs> break room. R- written down.
3: You only have plastic ones, I checked.
1: Now, this one might get, get you in trouble. Maybe. Okay. Uh, favorite golf course in Frisco?
2: Oh, I'm going to go with the trails just because that was kind of my hometown. I grew, you know, we lived in the trails for a long time. So I know that course probably the best, I would say. And I've probably played it the most.
1: Trails eats my lunch for some yeah. reason. The whole way yeah. you play up the hill over the, yeah. Uh, I like Frisco Lakes. I, I enjoy oh. I enjoy that yeah, course that's a good quite one. a bit.
3: I have no point of reference for this question. Uh, we <laughs> got to visit the PGA course um, here for a preview to the KitchenAid Championship that's coming up. So I guess I'll have to say that one. There it was go. pretty beautiful.
1: There you go. Morning person, night owl. Night owl. Yeah. Same, night owl. same, yeah. same. All right, we all equal there. What is your must-have app on your phone that if you didn't have it, if it got erased, you would be lost?
2: Oh, boy. Um, so I am a UT sports junkie, and so I've got my little UT football message board app that is the first thing i and probably the last thing i check every day
1: fair all right so i'm a i love baseball and i'm a cardinals st louis cardinals junkie i'm originally from st louis so that is uh, that would be mine
3: my answer is boring i was gonna say my email app can't survive with that without. Oh, that's a,
1: that yeah. That's a yeah. I don't think I would mind being deleted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Trust me. I wish that would just go away. Period. Yeah. G- good answer with your boss on the podcast. I like Appreciate that. It, well yeah, done, Audrey. Always good. Well, yeah. well, well done. All right. Barbecue or Tex Mex?
2: Tex Mex. Tex Mex.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Ideal vacation: chilling on a beach or go 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 explore. Chilling on a beach. Mine's chilling on the beach, but. That's only been the last few years. When I was a little bit younger, it was go 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 explore. I was Chevy Chase vacation, trying to get everything into seven days. Now, just put me on a beach and and keep keep bringing the frozen drinks.
3: I want to go 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 explore the places I can chill. Does that count? Like I want to find places that are ambient that I can enjoy, but I want to do different ones throughout the vacation. I don't want, want to stay find in find one coffee place. Shops.
1: Yeah, yes. I, I, I know you too. You get
3: longer. it. You just want to
2: find coffee shops. You get it. Favorite concert you've ever been to? I'm going to go with my first concert I ever went to, which was um, Bon Jovi. Um, and uh, opening act was Skid Row, very first concert. nice. Um, oh, I do have to say, I am a Justin Timberlake fan. Like in my next life, I would just love to be Justin Timberlake, you know, and I got to see him at the Jerry Jones induction to the football hall of fame. He, pri- he played his private party. And, I have pictures of my phone. I'm literally the first person in the audience, and he's like right there. I could have grabbed his ankle off the stage. Um, so that one was a pretty cool experience. So, do you like In uh, Sync JT or
1: 2020 Experience JT or just all JT? I, all JT. All JT yeah. all
2: day. Yeah.
1: Um, U2 for me. I think just um, it was 2011, just the stage setup, just musically amazing. U2.
3: I did grow up on classic rock. Uh, Mick Jagger was a very important figure in my household. Um, and we got to see the Rolling Stones when they came through recently at the Cotton Bowl. And that was just a quintessential moment for mm-hmm. my family. Um, it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience for everybody. So I would have to say that one.
1: Now thinking back, I'm kind of mad at my answer. Uh, yeah. Paul. Actually, Paul McCartney, which was, I think, three years ago today that, in my Facebook memory. So yeah, Paul McCartney's probably 1B. Yeah.
2: So my wife, she's a George Strait fan, and I've been suckered into buying farewell tour tickets oh, no. i think six different times i'm like okay george this uh, uh, i'm over this <laughs> <laughs>
1: the,
2: he's the he's the country star like kiss uh, you know with their farewell yes. tours on the
1: rock yes. side right yes all right last question what do you want your legacy to be oh boy i know um, it's a serious one but we're gonna we're gonna end on a serious note when you know, looking back when you're uh mean, when your time with the council and as mayor is, is complete, um, you know what? What do people? You know what? What do you want people to remember your your time?
2: Golly, man, that hit me square in the between the eyes there. Um, you know, I mean, you always want to be thought of that you left it in a better place than you got it. Um, you know, and about this community, it's it's really been about building. You know, so, you know, former leaders and with George there, it's, you know, every mayor that's come through is built upon the successes of those that have come before them. Um, you know, the, we couldn't have done the PGA had we not done the star. We couldn't have done the star. Had we not done Rough Rider Stadium, we couldn't have done Rough Rider Stadium. Had we, you know, not done the velodrome, you know, to start learning how to do them. So, you know, just that we continued to, to build and, you know, became kind of that, International City of Excellence, uh, you know. I think I like to think that we've kind of taken it to that next level, um, where we're getting Fortune 500 companies, getting the attention, um, you know. But at the end of the day, um, my number one driver is I wanted Frisco to, to always be a highly livable community, um, you know, that we had these great, um, you know, amenities that people could you know visit. You know, I joked I went to Toyota stadium, watched a concert and took me five minutes to get home. It's just unbelievable to think about, you know, but we want our parks to be the best parks in the world. We want our trails to be the best trails in the world. And you know, that I, I think I define success in my mind, you know, if my children want to come back and raise their families in Frisco, then I think that will, that will make me happy about my legacy. Well, I think that's the perfect place to end. Um, Mayor Jeff
1: Cheney, thank you so much for joining us. This has been this has been a lot of fun, and we should uh, try to do this maybe once a quarter. Yeah, get an update from. I love it. So, uh, Frisco friends, thank you so much for listening to the latest and greatest episode of Focus on Frisco, a podcast powered by the Star Local Media Podcast Network. Audrey, this is going to be you know we got to find the next episode. We got to top this one for sure. Too many good stories to tell to top. There are way too many good stories to tell. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. You're listening to Focus on Frisco.
0: Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements.